This podcast is intended to provide general information about various recent developments in employment law and human resources best practices. Nothing in this presentation or in the comments of Ms. Johnson, Ms. Shannon, or any guest should be considered as the rendering of legal or other professional advice, and it is not directed at any specific cases or circumstances. Listeners are responsible for obtaining the necessary advice about their specific situations from their own counsel. These materials are intended for educational and informational purposes only. The presentation and these materials represent the opinions of the participants and not those of their law firms or companies. No part of these materials may be printed, photocopied, or otherwise reproduced, recorded, or stored, or transmitted in any form and by any means, electronic, mechanical, or otherwise, without the prior written permission of today's workplace podcast. Welcome to today's workplace, a podcast created to keep employers current on the latest employment law trends while providing proactive solutions to the everyday issues arising in today's rapidly changing workplace. Is your business prepared for today's workplace? Let's find out with your hosts, Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. During our last several episodes, we focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion in today's workplace. We've had some great conversations with thought leaders in the DEI space, but today we're taking a break from our DEI series to discuss an issue of critical concern to both employers and employees, vaccine mandates. Belinda, set the stage for us and describe the issues that employers are facing when considering vaccine mandates. So Barbara, recently there's been a lot of discussion about so-called anti-vaxxers. And in reality, individuals who refuse vaccines are a very heterogeneous group and can't be accurately described in in simple terms such as an anti-vaccine movement. They have very diverse, often very personal reasons for not vaccinating and variable degrees of conviction regarding their mindset. Uh, The group of vocal vaccine deniers includes conspiracy theorists, some of whom are very highly educated individuals. Others have sincerely held religious beliefs about vaccines, or they might have medical conditions that make them genuinely concerned about taking the vaccines. For many years, anti-vaccine groups and leaders have begun to organize politically at a level like never before. They founded state political action committees, formed coalitions with other constituencies, and basically built a vast network that is now the foundation of vaccination opposed by conservative groups and legislators across the country. This movement started with the idea that parents should not be required to have their children vaccinated. Now, this opposition to vaccinations is at the forefront of a battle, and like many issues in recent years, whether to take or require vaccinations has become very political in this country, and employers are caught in the middle. So, Barbara, given this ongoing debate, what rules apply to employers? Let's talk about the status of the COVID-19 vaccines that are currently available in the U.S. in their history. Well, we know that the first um, vaccine um, against COVID-19 to be approved was the Pfizer vaccine that was approved in December of 2020. 
And in August of 2021, it was the first vaccine to be um, to receive full approval. The first approval was for what's called emergency use authorization. But now the Pfizer vaccine has been approved for use in people 16 years or older, as well as um, approval for children ages 12 through 15 continues under this emergency use authorization. The second vaccine to receive approval is Moderna. That was approved in December um, 2020 as well. It's still under emergency use authorization and full approval has not been granted by the FDA. Both the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine require two doses. For Pfizer, it's three weeks apart. For Moderna, four weeks apart. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is the third vaccine, and it was very well received initially, and people were very excited about it because um, it was shown to be just as effective as Moderna and Pfizer, but it only required one shot rather than two. And so in February, it received um, the emergency authorization. However, in March, there were six cases of thrombosis and the FDA halted administration for just a few weeks and then started again in April of 2021. So it's still available. It's a one dose vaccine and it's available under emergency use and full authorization has not um, been given yet. So Belinda, what laws govern whether or not an employer can mandate the COVID-19 vaccine? Well, for private employers, the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is the agency enforcing federal anti-discrimination laws, has issued guidance confirming that an employer may require all of its employees physically entering the workplace to be vaccinated for COVID-19. Let me say that again. The EEOC has issued guidance confirming that an employer may require all of its employees physically entering the workplace to be vaccinated for COVID-19. However, employers must still comply with their reasonable accommodation obligations under the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, and Title VII for employees seeking an exemption from a mandatory vaccination program. As with any employment policy, employers that have a vaccine requirement may need to respond to allegations that the requirement has a disparate impact on or disproportionately excludes employees based on their race, color, religion, sex, or national origin under Title VII. Employers should keep in mind that because some individuals or demographic groups may face greater barriers to receiving COVID-19 vaccines, some employees may be more likely to be negatively impacted by a vaccine requirement. Under the Americans with Disabilities Act, employers may only conduct medical examinations on employees or ask employees questions that are likely to elicit disability-related information, where the exams are questioning are job-related and consistent with business necessity. So in guidance published in December 2020 and updated in May 2021, 
the EEOC stated that although information about an employee's vaccine status is subject to the ADA's confidentiality requirements, asking employees whether they have been vaccinated or requiring proof of vaccination is not a medical examination within the meaning of the ADA. Therefore, the ADA does not generally prevent employers from or preclude employers from implementing a vaccine mandate for its workforce. Still, complications may arise to the extent that an employer were to provide vaccinations on site or otherwise administer a vaccination program, which many employers are choosing to do. In order to obtain a vaccine, employees need to answer screening questions for contraindications. For example, medical conditions that increase the risk for a severe adverse reaction. So according to the EEOC, while the fact that somebody has been vaccinated is not a medical inquiry, the pre-screening questions for obtaining the vaccine are medical inquiries. Therefore, if the employer is involved in administration of mandatory vaccines, the employer must be able to show that requiring employees to be vaccinated is job-related and supported by business necessity. To satisfy this standard, the EEOC's guidance states that the employer must have a reasonable belief based on objective evidence that an employee who does not answer the questions and therefore does not receive a vaccination will pose a direct threat to the health or safety of the employee or others. To assess the threat, employers should conduct an individualized assessment of four factors. Number one, the duration of the risk. Number two, the nature and severity of the potential harm. Number three, the likelihood that the potential harm will occur and four, the imminence of the potential harm. So on the federal level, yes, employers can mandate vaccinations. But Barbara, what about the state level? You know, Belinda, as you said, on the federal level, EEOC has been um, real clear that there's no prohibition against mandating um, vaccinations and has given us guidance both in December as well as in May, December 2020, as well as in May of this year. However, um, at this point, states, we have to stay tuned. Um, there are three states that currently prohibit vaccine mandates. Florida um, prohibits businesses from mandating proof of vaccination for their patrons. North Dakota prohibits a state government entity from requiring a private business to obtain documentation, whether it's physical or electronic, for the purpose of certifying or communicating an individual's vaccination status. And Arizona does not have a mandate, but it does require employers to essentially do what the EEOC requires. In other words, provide reasonable accommodations to employees with sincerely held religious beliefs, practices, or observances. And then finally, um, Montana has passed a law that prohibits discrimination based on vaccination status. So here's the question. Belinda, do we mandate? Do we not mandate? What's an employer to do? 
And that's that's really interesting that you asked that, Barbara, because, you know, employers have been, uh, on the one hand, following the science, following the, um, you know, signals from the FDA. And so some employers have have been undecided at some point, but now more and more, we're seeing more and more employers being very decisive in terms of mandating. So the federal government allows them to mandate. And uh, since private employers um, can mandate, some of the considerations are uh, just because they can, should they? And one key consideration is level of risk. So many organizations are looking at the safety of the workplace um, if they allow unvaccinated workers. For instance, many healthcare organizations are mandating the vaccine because of concerns for those on the front lines of dealing with people who are ill, both to protect the employees as well as an often highly at-risk population. There's is a recent case out of federal court in Texas where the judge ruled in favor of Methodist Hospital when it implemented a mandatory vaccination mandate. So if you're in a healthcare organization, you're probably on good footing. Recently, uh, Fortune Magazine had an article about employers, the increase in employers mandating the vaccine. Um, And basically that trend has come about because of the highly contagious Delta variant. And only about half of Americans are fully vaccinated. So most companies are moving beyond offering incentives like they used to offer incentives to employees like water bottles, T-shirts and cash bonuses um, to get them to to kind of motivate them to get vaccinated. But now employers are requiring that their staffers get the COVID shot. Um, a host of airlines, retailers, tech companies, banks, and healthcare companies all told their employees um, in the first two weeks of August that vaccinations will no longer be optional to come into the office. Some cases, even like Ascension Health, they've told workers even to re- work remotely, you have to be vaccinated. Um, there are other companies that have more forgiving terms than others, and they're offering employees the option to keep working from home rather than risk termination. Uh, requiring vaccines is, is a movement that most workers support. Gallup recently did a poll, and most workers said of 52% of the people who took the poll said that that uh, employers should mandate vaccines. Um, but, you know, you still have a sizable chunk of the workforce, about 30% that is strongly opposed. Um, and then the Wall Street Journal also is writing about the, the mandate of vaccines by corporations, by employers. And some companies have already implemented the strictest measure possible, telling employees that they have to get a vaccine in order to access the workplace or even to continue being employed. Um, that's something that uh, Chevron, one of the biggest oil companies in the United States, has done. Uh, while Disney has also you know, worked with the union and reached a deal where the union was asking that the company require employees to show proof of vaccination. And that's what uh, Walt Disney agreed to. But, you know, you still have a lot of businesses that are out there that are reluctant to impose a vaccine mandate. And and one of the reasons that um, they're afraid to impose it is because they'll lose workers. And, and as you know, it's very competitive nowadays for workers. Um, do you do you know what oh, or have any idea what are some other considerations that uh, employers might need to think about in making this decision to mandate or not? 
Well, you know, you mentioned a major consideration, and that's severe labor shortages that many places are facing. Throughout the summer, a lot of restaurants, for example, were not able to open at certain times of the day or on certain days of the week because they just didn't have the people power. So many large restaurant chains are not mandating the vaccines because they don't want to lose potentially 20 to 30% of their employees. Now, other restaurants are incentivizing employees to take the vaccine. For example, one employer has encouraged vaccinations, paying workers $30 to get the shot and setting it up through their human resources department, but they stopped short of requiring or mandating the vaccine. For others who choose not to get the vaccines, some employers are imposing consequences. For example, if you come up, you do come down with COVID and it's a breakthrough case, even though you're vaccinated, they pay for your time off of work so you don't have to come in and get other people sick. However, if you're not vaccinated, the company does not pay. Unfortunately, Reality is, though, that there's been a very negative reaction to restaurants attempting to enforce vaccination mandates, especially from patrons. I mean, there have been social media campaigns, don't go to X restaurants. Um, You know, people have gotten death threats. I mean, it's really pretty wild um, out there for employers like restaurants. So, yes. That is definitely one of the considerations, whether or not you're going to have enough people to actually do your work. And so another approach that some employers are using is to require more frequent testing. Thinking about one client, okay, you don't want to be vaccinated. Well, you have to take a COVID test every day, every day. Now, Employers should be aware of the fact that there are wage and hour implications and state law definitely should be consulted because you may have to pay people if they're taking the test at home, if they're having to stand in line to get the test someplace. One question is who pays for the testing? So all of that, those are considerations that need to be um, taken into consideration. You mentioned, Belinda, a union environment. Is a vaccination program subject to collective bargaining? Um, yeah, let me let me um, throw one more consideration on the table before I answer the question about collective bargaining that I forgot to mention, Barbara. And that is that you're seeing some employers are actually, um, in addition to requiring the frequent testing that you talked about, they're actually actually requiring unvaccinated employers employees to pay a higher insurance premium. So in effect, they're charging them for the extra coverage needed for them being unvaccinated in the workplace. But back to your question on uh, collective bargaining, you know, is is a vaccination program subject to collective bargaining in a unionized workplace? And probably, I think I gave the example of Walt Disney bargaining with their uh, with their union that want, wanted to make sure that employees uh, are vaccinated. And so if employees are represented by a union, the National Labor Relations Act, the NLRA, requires their employer to bargain with the union over the terms and conditions of employment. And although the NLRB has not weighed in on COVID-19 vaccination policies specifically, 
employers of unionized workforces that have been required to bargain over similar policies, such as employer-subsidized flu vaccinations and flu prevention, with new requirements that federal employees and on-site contractors, many of whom belong to a union, attest to their vaccination status, that NLRB may excuse private employers from bargaining vaccination programs in the future. However, for the time being, an employer in a union environment still should expect to bargain a COVID-19 vaccination policy unless the union has waived the duty to bargain. And waiver can take many forms. For instance, a collective bargaining agreement may specifically authorize the employer to implement reasonable workplace safety rules without bargaining or contain a broad management rights clause that could be interpreted to provide such authority. Right. You know, so one of the considerations is whether or not there are any federal or state laws that protect employers from liability if they do mandate vaccination or offer a COVID-19 vaccine to their employees. So there don't appear to be any state laws that expressly provide for immunity to employers who mandate the vaccine. However, on the federal level, there's something called the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, or the PREP Act, and it authorizes the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services to issue declarations that provide immunity from liability under federal and state law to so-called covered persons for claims of loss caused by arising out of or relating to the administration of or use of covered countermeasures to diseases, threats, and conditions. So bottom line is, if you're actually um, administering the vaccine, you may very well be covered by this PrEP Act. So the reality, though, is that most private workplace vaccination clinics are not generally an option for employers. As um, vaccination supplies increase, employers may have the opportunity to offer vaccine to their workers. And it's still unclear as to whether or not this PrEP Act would uh, provide immunity to the extent that you're not administering the vaccine, but sponsoring a vaccination clinic. So we'll have to stay tuned to figure out the whole issue around immunity. So to kind of summarize, Belinda, um, what's an employer to do? Yeah, uh, well, as we've discussed, we can see that companies are they're taking a broad range of, of approaches from, on the one hand, mandating vaccinations, uh, make, but, but making exceptions for medical or religious accommodations. Some of them are creating financial incentives. Others are imposing a financial penalty, or they're simply encouraging employees to get vaccinated and making it easy for them. I think we've talked about a lot of those um, those options that employers are taking, those considerations. And uh, we also mentioned the fact that employers are watching uh, the FDA, you know, and clearly with FDA approval of some of these uh, vaccines, these COVID-19 drugs, that um, provides a stronger case for the employers to mandate. And so I think it's it's going to continue to be 
unsettled. Um, and it'll be interesting to see as more and more employers return their employees to the physical workforce, it'll be interesting to see where that trend uh, continues to grow. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And so for now, I think just like everything else, an employer needs to weigh the risk versus the benefits of mandating. But there certainly does seem to be a trend of employers being very bold and mandating um, the vaccine, given that um, federal and most state laws are allowing those, um, those mandates. So we'll have to stay tuned. Yeah, but this has been helpful for any employer who's still trying to figure it out and wants to, you know, get a really quick summary of, of what's happening out there. Um, I think there, there's plenty out there right now uh, to show us that, you know, this is going to be a topic that continues to be at the top of mind for most employers. And we will definitely have some um, links to information on the website that people can refer to as they're thinking through these issues and wanting to um, continue to monitor the current state of affairs. Great information. Thanks for sharing, Barbara. Yeah, it's been great talking with you today. You've been listening to today's Workplace with Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. If you like what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future updates and episodes. For more information about today's episode, check out todaysworkplace.com. That's T-O-D-A-Y-S-W-O-R-K-P-L-A-C-E.com.